explanations. What I want is an explanation. All right. There are two, 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 two. Many options. There is no, 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 no. This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is all I want to do is talk about Madonna. Album 11, track 4. Love Profusion. There are too many questions. There is not one solution. There is no resurrection. There is so much confusion. And the That's a song. A song? What a seltzer of a song. A seltzer of a song. It's fizzy. It's yeah. light. It's got some uh, ups and downs, some bubbles and pops, some stutters. It's yeah. seltzery. Yeah, I like that. I think like that- a grapefruit seltzer. Ooh. Yeah. Do you like flavored seltzers? I do. You I do. do. Well, so I have an obsession with Fresca. Oh, you do. Which is a grapefruit flavored uh, seltzer. And um, I live in terror of finding the peach flavor, which I've <laughs> never been able to find. I think I may have to like main light it into my veins directly. I love it so much. But yeah, I, I, I like a seltzer. I've never had the peach flavored Fresca. I do love Fresca, but I yeah. just think of it as lemon lime. No, no, no. There's a grapefruit Fresca. Oh. And I like it in a can. Yeah. And I like it really cold. Yeah. That is on ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. This song is is like okay this song is a fresca grapefruit fresca yeah. on ice yeah it's so much lighter than the album has been up until this point totally totally and i think there's um she's continuing this kind of like philosophical series of ideas yeah. and procuring them out um and but in a different context now it's not so much gloom and doom and there's also this kind of really cool um change and it's not as experimental as the first three were right and yeah i kind of love that yeah i love that too it's a relief in a way after i'm so stupid and i also really love like how the album is mixed and sort of tr- the tracks are sequenced so that the end of i'm so stupid happens and it's like everybody's looking for something too <gasps> yeah it's like she takes a breath yeah and, and we're just she turn, takes a yeah. strong turn. Now, I know in the last episode we talked about reshuffling American uh-huh. Life. Would this be the second track of oh. your I'm So Stupid album? Um, or do you think it would move further down? Well, I have an honest... Do you want my honest... Yeah. Um, I usually cut this track. Oh, boo! <laughs> I like this track, but I don't love it. There's a few, you know, and... I think I'm going to be this guy on this album where like there are songs I really love, like I'm so stupid, which is in my top five. Right. And this song, I don't feel that strong about. Well, you don't have to love every song. Like, you know, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. Not every song can be Jimmy, Jimmy. 
<laughs> I wish I wish at the end of this song as it was going out, she just went sha la 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 la. Oh my god. <laughs> like a shout be, out. Uh, that would be so great. Because this song is about Jimmy. Is it? No, I think no. it's about Guy Ritchie. You do? Um she said all the songs were dedicated to him. Well, right? she has to say that, Kenny, because yeah. True Blue was dedicated to Sean. Now, this is her, you know, yeah. her husband record, too. She has to say that. Oh, yeah. So you think that guy was like, you better put me on the... I don't think Guy ever asked her anything about this record. He just was like, oh, you're making an album. Do you think Guy liked this album? Um, I think he probably enjoyed the ballsier move she made on the album. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I Definitely. think you're right. And I, and I do think that the thing that he contributes to this is a kind of renegade vibe that she has throughout the record. Uh-huh. And, and um, even songs like this that seem on the surface, really traditionally Madonna, much more safe. They, they still have this kind of undercurrent of, of risk to it for sure and i think he glee i i don't think necessarily this is just my theory is that he's not a big pop music listener but i think so i i just think he appreciates the va- the intention versus the results uh-huh well this is definitely you know i think it could be a song about guy but i i have a couple of different things one is like i kind of think it's a song about being pregnant Ooh, yeah, because like um, the love profusion, it makes me feel it makes me shine. Yeah, right? um, I think of that as like, OK, the glow that a mother has when she's pregnant. Yeah, a woman has. Oh, when I she's like pregnant. that. And then I even think when we get to like, I got you under my skin, I feel like that's like she's. I imagine her speaking as a woman with a baby on the way. And she's like, I have love in under my skin it's under me it's here it's living it's breathing it's alive and and almost like the song is a is a a met like a conversation with the baby while she's alone i mean like you're born of love we have so much love waiting for you i think that's part of it i mean i think it's like it's like um woman versus world there are too many things going on in the world that are horrible. The world is horrible, but inside of me, I have love and the love is you. I have you under my skin. You are the future. You're like what I'm doing with the excess love I have. Right. Which is like, or an offering of love. And because, Oh, I love this. And because you're coming from that love, you're going to be safe in that dark, unpredictable world. It's going to kind of protect you. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, or I have hope, that because you were made of love that you will be able to battle the the darkness outside the world yeah you know that this is an act like an act of um you know well it's an act i guess i'll say (laughs) like of of um you know hope yeah it's an act of hope well because because i i you know i i i always think to myself like i'd never want to be a parent but I think anybody who has a child in this environment, it's such a hopeful act. For sure. And and a belief in the human race and like we are going to come out of this and we are going to do the right thing by our our ans- our descendants and 
like and I think the it, future. Yeah. 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 Well, so yeah, I mean, I think the song is very hopeful where I think like the first few songs are not, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. But this song sort of goes back and forth. Like there's darkness, here's light. There's darkness, here's light. Yeah. But I feel like light wins out in the end in this song. Yeah. Well, and, and it ends on that line, only you can make me feel good. Mm. And then it just kind of drops. And so it's like she's asking a lot of questions through the song. And um, unlike uh, American Life, where she doesn't really find the answers, I think through the the asking, she finds the answers. Only you can make me feel good. Boom. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Should we check in with some of the lyrics? Because I think the lyrics are really great. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read some or we can hear. Well, this and this song is one that I feel like she wrote on guitar. Yeah. And it sounds like a song she would like sing on the campfire. I love that idea. Like, can you imagine our, like... Madonna's like, everybody who works for me, we're going on a, you know, uh, a retreat. <laughs> a <laughs> songwriter's retreat. Not even. No, it's oh. not a songwriter's retreat. It's like they're going to do archery. They're going to like have to swim in the lake. Okay. They're gonna, she's like, it's going to be a retreat. We're going to be roughing it. There's going to be no, we're not, no one's going to get a social disease on this trip. <laughs> so everybody has to leave all their social diseases behind. Okay. And okay. they even had to get tested and show their cards that they had no social diseases. Uh-huh. And then they they all get on a like in a van, and like drive up two hours into like you know the mountains, and like the all, Hudson Valley. Yeah, let's say they <laughs> okay. go. Let's say they go to yeah they go to the Hudson. No, I think even beyond the Hudson Valley to the Catskills. See, I have this idea that they go. Um, so I have long been obsessed with a small part of Wisconsin called Kenosha, oh, Kenosha, okay. Wisconsin. I have a feeling that she went there as a child. So she flew everyone to Chicago uh-huh. and then they went up to Kenosha. Oh, I like that. Like she wanted to go back to her roots in the Midwest. I like that. Tina had to go out like a few days before to get yeah. everything set up. And and um and cut a path. Oh, cut oh, a path oh, yeah. through the woods. Yeah. 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 I thought you I the image you were doing, I was like, oh she had to hose everything. No, down. no, no. She um. she cut a path <laughs> in the woods to get to the campgrounds. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So they're all on these campgrounds and then like doing all this shit Madonna <laughs> Madonna's not really roughing it though like she like comes and she's like hey everybody it's so great that we're all here and roughing it <laughs> and then they don't see her all day <laughs> but she shows up at like she says oh let's do a campfire she says let's do the campfire at 8 everybody gets there at 8 she shows up at 11 <laughs> right oh. and she brings her guitar <laughs> yeah. and she sits down and she's like this is just a little song I've been working on while I've been out here on retreat <laughs> And then she just busts out and she's like, there are too many questions. There are not, there's not one solution. Everybody's like, yeah. Do you think she starts to be like throwing a line? Do you think it's like a... Oh, do you think so? They somebody, st- so Monty's like, there is no resurrection, and just people just start like throwing in lines. Donna's like, there is not enough erection, and, and Madonna's <laughs> like, no, Donna. <laughs> Why is Donna there? Donna's not there. <laughs> well, yes, she is because this is before they go out on the reinvention tour. Yeah, but so the, of course Donna's. But there. she just spent like all that time with Donna on the Drowned World tour. I, I'd be like, see you in two years, DD. No, but they're getting ready to go on tour again. Oh God! Okay, you don't think so? Okay, I don't well, think who, so. Um, do you think Ingrid is there? Oh, I 
think Ingrid's there. I think Debbie um, calls in. I don't <laughs> think she's the, she's not rough. No, she can't call in. There's no social. Diseases. Oh, there's no social diseases. Oh, this is intriguing to me. I think um, I, I think a lot of the people there are are people we don't know about. Right. The, the 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 many people, the drivers and the chefs and all the nannies. The, uh, the nannies and the gardener and things like that. So and, are the kids there too? Is guy no, there? No, guy's not there. No, this is this is a this is a work retreat. Oh, but the nannies have to be with the kids. So yeah, they're not there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all yeah, right. Well. Yeah. All right. Listen, the, they're in the woods. Madonna writes these beautiful lyrics. I do think like. There are too many questions. There's not one solution. There's no resurrection. There's so much confusion. And yeah. we love profusion. I think this is really nice. It's really nice. There it's really beautiful. Too many questions. There's no consolation. I have lost my illusions. What I want is an explanation. Many options. Cool. There is no consolation. I have lost my illusions. What I want is an explanation. One of the great things always about Madonna is that she's take she takes these tiny little situations, which you know, talking to her unborn baby is a very intimate, private thing, and she writes it in a way that magnifies her personal experience to a global yeah. question. And that that's what I love about the song is it is because it's about. It feels very intimate, but she's asking these huge questions yeah. about like, what is uh, th the world is letting me down? I want answers or the, the, the violence or the, the, you know, we were at war and, and all of this stuff was going on. And, and it's like, it's like, where is all of the goodness that we were led to believe was there. Yeah. And that I feel within myself and yes. can make, yeah. which is the only act I can do, right? Yes. In the face of all of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, you know, uh, when we were getting ready to do this episode and I was doing research, I found this um, clip of the singer Regina Spector doing a cover of this song, which really for me, like... Um, is really beautiful and illuminated for me the beauty of the song and the simplicity of the song and yeah. also the lyrical power of the song. Oh, let, let, oh I want to hear this. Okay. Her lyrics are the most complicated of the two. 
under my skin, I got you. 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 I love Regina Spector. Yeah, I do too. You know, though she wasn't like an artist that I like had albums of hers, but mm-hmm. I remember her from this time. And around this time, maybe a, a year or two later, she had this big song, Fidelity. Oh, yes. I never loved nobody fully. Always one foot on the ground. song. Oh, it's beautiful. And it has that same delicacy that she plays within the cover that she does, you know. And I love how crystalline her voice is. She has a yeah. very specific kind of um t- timber to her voice. Regina Spector to me is like the pre- she's like a Sarah Bareilles but before Sarah Bareilles or she paved the way for a Sarah Bareilles. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 she they're kind of connected because like Regina Spector also has done uh, TV themes and things. She did the theme to uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, so I, I see them in that kind of world. And she may, I may be wrong about this, but I think she has written a musical as well. Oh. Everyone's oh. writing a musical. Every singer-songwriter from the aughts is writing a musical. Yeah. Lisa Loeb, Amy Mann, they've all got a musical. Amy Cheryl Mann? Crow. Amy, Amy Mann has a musical? She does. She's been working on two musicals musical she wrote a musical version of her album the forgotten arm about the boxer uh-huh. there's a musical out of that uh-huh. and then she just put out a record last year um called queens of the summer hotel which is her songs for a girl interrupted musical oh wow that they've been trying to get done too wow it's hard to get musicals done it takes like you know they estimate between six and eight years to get a musical it, and and they get impatient these singer song i sure Cheryl right. Crow has that Diner musical that's been oh, regional. I don't, I There's don't a, know about a musical that. version of Diner and um, the the one I would love to hear. I wish Suzanne Vega would write a musical, and she uh-huh. hasn't done one. But she was in that um, Bob and Ted and Alice yeah musical at, um, at Rattlestick. At, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know that years ago a friend of mine, Dan, connected me um, with um, the songwriter Holly Knight. Yes. You know oh, I love her. She did like Love is a Battlefield yeah. and Invincible and um, a ton of Tina Turner songs like You Better Be Good to Me, Private Dancer. And um, did she, you get to meet her? Oh, yeah. I had a coffee with her. Wow. 
Oh, um, I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, I love that. Better be good to me. It's my favorite <laughs> Tina Turner song. No, she was. She wanted to do one. She was like, "Do you think this is a good idea?" And I was like, "Yeah," but I was like, honestly, I don't think I should write it. Like, mm. I feel like you need a badass lady to work with, you know. And I like gave her some names, and she's like, "This is really nice of you." I was like, "Well, you're. You should definitely have a musical." I just, you know, like. And she was a character. She also had sent me like the galleys for her autobiography, which the last chapter wow. was all about all the people she slept with, which was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I remember telling her about like, oh, I make some music and I'm doing this like show for people for five people at a time. She's like, well, it's nice to have a hobby. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this is definitely not going to work. Do you want to, have you ever written a musical musical? Like a musical? No. Oh, yeah. But I kind of think maybe it would be fun to try, but I think it's like a rabbit hole. I mean, I feel like I get asked all the time if I've written a musical or if I would, I would, I want, I wrote a musical in high school based on Helen of Troy oh. called Stepping Out with Helen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was really good. And, <laughs> and uh, um, and then I uh, several people have asked me if there was something I would music because it's so it, like you said it's like six to eight years yeah, um, yeah I would do a Mildred Pierce musical <laughs> okay that would be my because oh. I love that story enough that I would sit with it for wow. six years wow that's the good that's a good way to think about like do you love the story enough that you could sit with it for that long yeah yeah and, and I don't know necessarily. Right. But anyway. Anyway, as we, but we digress. We digress. Um, I love also, you know, Regina Spector, when she's singing the live version, she starts to laugh or the audience starts to laugh when she repeats, I got you under my skin so many times. Yeah. 20 times Madonna has it in the song. Oh, my Lord. Um, I know. It's, it's an interesting refrain. I feel like this is a direct reference to the Cole Porter song, I Got You Under My Skin, because yeah. what else could it be? But, you know, Madonna does this thing where she pulls these, these lines from other things and co-ops them and reuses yeah. them. But I, I'm going to say it's a nod to Cole Porter, who I think lyrically she admires and actually oh. pulls a lot from his his, you know playbook like the rhymes are very clever that's part of her i would yeah. i wish more people knew about cole porter because i feel like so many people i i heard oh my god so i was i i had a, a coffee with a friend and he just got back from la right and um he was at a restaurant and they were playing uh frank sinatra's version of i've got you under my skin 
I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. So deep in my heart that you're really a part of me. I've got you under my skin. I tried so. So she, the, the the friend of mine was sitting at the bar waiting for his friend to go sit down, and he was like, "Hey, Cole Porter," and the um the bartender uh, looked up and goes, "Where?" <laughs> and he and he was like, "I think it's time to leave LA." <laughs> <laughs> okay. This was uh, Love Perfusion was the fourth single and yeah. final single. The final single. From American Life. Though not a lot of us were hanging out and waiting for this. Yeah, I was kind of, uh, well, and I, it was a curious choice. I think by this point, the record company was like, okay, what's the, what's the safest, easiest uh, song yeah. to throw out there? She didn't do it on any of the promo tours. It wasn't part of like a bigger plan. No. I mean, this is where like, I really think the record company fucked Madonna here, like on this album. Like they were annoyed with the American life that I'm, I'm, this is my story. I don't know if any of this is true, right? But you tell your story, baby. <laughs> you tell my story. Even release if it's not yourself, true. release yourself. <laughs> Um, so, um, so <laughs> little shit. Loudin. <laughs> Sorry, now I can't stop. <laughs> You're like Tourette'sing all of our greatest hits. Um, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You get so upset about record company shenanigans well, all the time. You get so flummoxed. I do because I can, you know that they're, that she's at odds with the record company now, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And that they probably didn't want to release American Life as the first single, but she insisted. Um, and then that left them with nowhere to go. They tried Hollywood, which seemed like it should have hit, and it kind of did. But see, no, I think I'm going to refute it. I think that they grumbled about American Life, and then they did nothing to help the next two singles and just let them tank. Yeah, well, they gave, you know, she took the money to do the Hollywood video and to do that big promo, and they were kind of hoping, I mean, I think, again, she was like, Hollywood is the second single. Yeah. You know, and they were like, we don't want to do that, whatever. And then by the time they got to nothing fails they just really just let it sit there you know they didn't put any anything into that and then love perfusion was just like well we had some number because nothing fails is the third single didn't do well in the charts but it it did do well in some charts yeah you know especially the dance chart and of course like, well let's put another song out and see if we can just stretch this a little longer yeah you know um but uh, yeah i don't i i think and she was getting ready to go on tour so right. it's like let's go right Right. Well, and, and this song, I mean, like, you know, that video is, yeah. I mean, they did find a way to kind of promote it because they, it's the background to an Estee Lauder commercial. Right. I mean, I was wondering about this because I was thinking like, oh, were they like, um, we'll put it in this Estee Lauder commercial and then maybe it'll like take off. Like I was thinking about like Desert Rose and how that, you know, that, that, that Sting album, this was from the late nineties, I think like 99 or something. Um, 
It when, wasn't doing well. It wasn't and then doing all of well. A sudden, and then they put this in this like car commercial, Desert yeah. Rose, and people were like, "This song is great." And then it became a huge yeah. success for him. Well, and so, I don't remember Madonna having a lot of of uh, commercial like her songs weren't used in mainstream no. American commercials before this Estee Lauder thing. Correct. Yeah. So I I'm sure it was a big um, compromise for her. Yeah, yeah. And then so they made these commercials, and then it seemed like. What happened was Madonna, because she's not in the commercials. No, but the the setups for the commercial are the set are the setups for the video. They're the yeah. set pieces for the video. So I feel like it was like Madonna was like, "Oh, you have all the setups. Like I'll just come over and." Actually, she wasn't even there for the setups. You know what I mean? Because it's all like green screens. She's like, "I'm. I just got back from promoting." Um, the English roses. The English roses. I look the, very sweet and conservative. Because she does in this video. Oh, look she looks sweet stunning. And conservative, beautiful, and timeless, I think. In one of those wrap dresses that we love. I love her. Very, this used to be my playground. Yes. Very, just yeah. class. It could be any era, Madonna. Which is really amazing, actually, right? Oh. Like, and really goes to her chameleon-like abilities. Because this is the closest, I think, to like the Madonna that would show up at. Well, she would. Th this is the Madonna that would show up at Lourdes's school to pick her up. Yeah, well, but she would have brought an umbrella for this weather, yeah, that inclement weather that she's walking through as she yeah. sings she, her song. She's in this dress, but she's on these dark streets at night. She's alone. See, I think she's in Montreal. <laughs> I think Why? I think she I think she is she's rented a house for a week in the summer in Montreal and taken the kids, and she's walking down the street getting home from where. I don't know. She went to a dinner. Where's Guy? I don't know. He 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 took the kids home early, and she's just kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna walk home. She's like, it's fine, you guys. I just want to. I want some time alone with my thoughts. She looks like she's in a big city at the beginning. Well, Montreal's a big city. So she's just walking the the dark just, streets at yeah. night in Montreal. Yeah. Okay, fine. And then she starts to have these epiphanies, like there's too many problems in the world. Yeah, but. If I want to escape them, I think about the love perfusion. And then suddenly she's in... The darkness turns into grasshoppers and magic and it's stars. Like, it's like a weird Narnia <laughs> world. <laughs> you know, Narnia. Like the flowers are singing and dancing with her. Like she's kind of walking on water. Yeah. There's some beautiful shots of her, though. You know, I love Madonna walking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> with purpose. With yeah, purpose. Like yeah. They don't tell me video. Oh yeah. You know, she's just like, I'm walking. I'm walking. I got places to go. I, I I'm looking straight ahead. <laughs> I know I look fab. And I'm raising my hands up and like bringing the world in. But there's this one of my favorite shots in the video is like from below and she like looks down at us yeah. and oh yeah. it's just gorgeous video. Yeah. It was directed by Luc Besson, who is this Do French you think it's Jean Luc Besson? No, it's Luc Besson. No, it's Besson. It's Luc Besson. Luc Besson, do you want a croissant? <laughs> croissant. Get me a croissant, Luke. That Get me a croissant. <laughs> no, croissant, Luke. No, she's not doing that. She's eating a yogurt, maybe. maybe. Um, but she, he wound up directing her in Arthur and the Invisibles a couple of years later. Oh. Yeah. Uh, where she, what, what is that? So, so the Arthur books are these friend, the, the basically children's books, basically a Winnie the Pooh for France, <laughs> and uh, and and it it's about it's a series of books, and they did a very high profile cartoon movie. Um, uh, in 2005, um, with to kind of introduce them to American culture, okay. And uh, Madonna voices in her final uh, film acting role 
technically. <laughs> we yeah. keep uh, everything is like <laughs> now it's the final this one. This is the final <laughs> one. She plays Princess um Selenius. Uh, in, in in this movie, and they talk really fast, and there's a lot of really good information, and um, it was a huge success in in France and in Europe, but not in the states. Did you see it? I did. I have seen this film in a in a cinema. Really? Uh, I did. I took my um I, my little cousins. I've I had three uh, female cousins that were uh, very, and I was like, we're gonna go see a powerful woman chick movie and did they like it um the elder two liked it but so the eldest was a little bored the middle one my cousin allison loved it and my youngest cousin my goddaughter lauren was not um old enough i, I think see. to to sit still and did you like it um tick tock tick tock it 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 has that weird um, challenge to a lot of movies like this where Arthur himself is kind of a boring character. He's kind of a cipher uh -huh, for uh -huh. all these other crazy characters, none of whom are in the movie very long. I see. So it's like he's on a quest. Like in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like Snoop Dogg is in this movie. Jimmy Fallon is a voice in this movie. <laughs> De Niro is a voice oh. in this movie. Oh. So it's all these different people and uh, you know... I, I think French kids probably love these little tales. Well, how was her work in the film? Um, I, she's actually really good. She's really good. Uh, the version recorded in history books is slightly different. It is said that when you returned from your voyage, you celebrated for months on end, each day sinking a little further into drinking and debauchery until you began keeping company with the worst kind of insects, even poisonous ones, like a certain pretty young, uh... Weevil? Silence! You gave your powers to her, she gave her powers to you. That's enough, I tell you. Watch yourself. Delicate flowers might have thorns. Yes. Whatever. Oh. Yeah, okay. Well, this is something she did. I mean, this coincides with, like, her wanting to do art for children. You yeah. You know, or connect with that, which is just another strange wrinkle in her career i guess you know i mean I this know. and this song i've always associated kind of with this kind of the matronly madonna in yeah. the way of the children's book writer and all of those things you know i have this vision of madonna at this time where she we haven't really talked about the english roses and all the books but like it is it is all happening at the same time yeah my there's two things one is like i love when she goes on oprah to talk about the book no it's an amazing Interview. It's a great interview. This is this interview, right, where she like um not only does she talk about the books, she Oprah brings out her old high school history teacher to come see her, right? Which makes Madonna cry. Do you remember your high school history teacher? Do you? Mrs. Fellows? Mrs. Fellows. Really? Mrs. Fellows is here. Mrs. Fellows? Where? Yes. Please come on down and give me <laughs> Oh my God, 
it's incredible. I'm so honored to have you here. Well, it's Thank my, you. This my is my pleasure. Russian history teacher, Mrs. Fellow. <laughs> She's amazing. Oh, yes. She's amazing. She's amazing. I saw a picture of you and you'd written on the back to her really wonderful things, which really? I was going to read, but we're running short on time. She must have been a good student because on the back of that picture, she said she was excited by your teaching. She was a, an extraordinary student. And if you think she's serious now, she always had an element of seriousness to her. Really? Yes. You could see it coming. Yes. You knew it was there. That's wow. wonderful. Oh, it's incredible to see you. It's just wonderful to see you. <laughs> There's a there's this thing I said to you the other night where it's like this footage of like after the show with Oprah that she was doing and it's like ten minutes of just like them walking backstage and Madonna gives Oprah a a painting of like the English roses, but Oprah is one of the English yes. roses, and Oprah's so excited about what it. A th and I thought, like, what a thoughtful gift. Yeah. That is a really, that's like a planned pre. Madonna always brings gifts for the the hosts of shows, right? She's, I think it's really nice. I think it is really nice too. And 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 it, there's this. Th what I love about that, first of all, well, initially I was like, Kenny, I want these ten minutes back of my <laughs> life because they're all like, Madonna's gonna go change. We're all gonna go change, and then we're gonna do, do a, a photo, photo shoot for yeah. Oprah yeah. at the magazine. The and then I think that's what they respect about each other: these multi pronged media. Totally. They know totally. how to do it. They're in the same, yeah. they're moving at the same pace. But they keep know? saying over and over again, Madonna needs to go get changed. Madonna's going to go get changed into something comfortable. And then yeah. we're going to do this photo shoot. Madonna's going to change. Madonna's going to change. Okay, so you're going to change. Yeah, I have a present. You do? Where's my present I'm giving Oprah? Oh, oh, it's oh, on the desk. Over, uh, Lisa has it. No, no, it's the other present. The other present. Oh, okay. The other There's present. more presents? Lisa, where's the other present? Present. present? Don't you have it? Oh, yeah, we're going to get it right now. Okay. Okay. Hi. That was great. Oh, that was so wonderful. Oprah, this is Angela. Really so Sanders. embarrassing. Nice to see you. Carissa nice and Hi, you guys. Hi. How are you? I know. What's I see you guys doing here. Did you flip out? Because you had to rehearse the same shit over again. It was a nice walk. Okay, here's a presentation. Oh, it was out there. I didn't know what it was. It's for me. This is your present. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to open it then. Yeah, please. Mm -hmm. We have all these people. Hi, it's hair. It's my turn to embarrass you. Hi, hair. Okay, hey, good. Hi, hair. Oh, oh, I get to be an English rhyme. That's right. Oh, that is too cute. Thank you. She went to go change. They go to the photo shoot and they're like, have their bodies all over each other. And Oprah's like, her body's so hard. It's so hard. They're both like kind of annoyed. And the photographer's like, just one more. And they're like, whatever. We want to go talk to each other. Yeah. You know, they're going to leave. Yeah. And I always think about like when I was watching it recently, I was like, oh, but what happened to the high school teacher? Like she said she got to see Madonna for 45 seconds, like and hug her. And they have this really beautiful moment. Yeah. And then I'm like, was Madonna like, let's go have lunch after? Probably not. Right. No. She never saw the teacher again. 
I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. That wasn't in that after the show. No, they didn't show the what no. happened. Tina was probably like, <laughs> she's um, coming. She's coming. Yeah, and she never comes. <laughs> she never comes. Um, <laughs> so, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, the other thing I just wanted to say oh, about God. English Roses <laughs> is just I have this very clear memory of Madonna going to Paris yeah. to do like a book reading with Lourdes yes. and how gorgeous the two of them looked and how much how happy they seem to be doing it. Yeah. Whether yeah. that's true or not, I don't know. Like in reality, you know, but I love when Madonna goes to Paris because she does, she shows up and looks like high fashion. Well, there's always a coat. I always love uh, a, yeah. an elegant coat that Madonna wears and she clearly doesn't need the coat, <laughs> but she's going to wear the coat. Yet. None, nonetheless, she's going to put on a coat. Yes. And I think that's important. I agree. I always think wearing a coat in, in Paris and being photographed is really... When we go do our live shows in Paris... Oh, I'm bringing several coats. You are? Yeah, that was my one uh, faux pas from London. I only yeah. brought that one jacket. Oh, yeah. And I had, yeah. To, I had to commit to it for the week. I'm going to just bring scarves. <laughs> <laughs> is that who you're going to be? You're going to be a John T. Man in a, in a scarf? Yes. Okay. I mean, just right. while I'm there. All right. I don't know. That'll be my thing. That'll be your thing. I'll try it. We'll try it. We'll yeah, see we'll what see. happens. We'll see. Um, so Madonna um, obviously is... Um, uh, there was a, there was a song that that this song always makes me think of that uh, was not on uh, American Life. It's called I'm in Love with Love. <laughs> Uh, it was written with Monty Pittman. Right. I didn't know this song um, before you introduced me to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting song. It, it is. Uh, uh, it's a little rocky, I think, for yeah. this album. I think it would have fit great on Confessions. Really? I do. It, it's got that kind of I Love New York, that, uh, that, that early version of I Love New York that's on the end of yeah, the I'm Gonna yeah. Tell You a Secret live album. Yeah. Um, that one, I feel like, it, it sounds kind of in that, world i guess so yeah it sounds i mean i think that that riff is you know a strong riff so there's lots yeah. to play with i think the chorus is pretty yeah but i don't really it's i can see why it didn't make either of these albums no you know no. but i i love it and i love that monty's writing songs with yeah, her like how do you think this happens because i think this is a really <laughs> like delicate thing like He's her guitar teacher. Yes. Now he's also playing in the band. And then is it like they're just hanging out and practicing? And then like he's like, I have this riff. And she's like, oh, let's sing it. Let's record. Or is it like he's like, do you want to hear some of some ideas I have for songs? Or she's like, yeah, send them to Tina and I'll get to them when I get to no, them. No, no. I think they're playing. I think they're working on on a lesson yeah. and he gives her riffs to play and he's made up riffs okay. to, for her to learn. And then she like gets it in her head and then she starts to like riff off of it. 
I think that's probably true. I think it happens a lot more organic because I don't think anybody just hands her a tape. Hey, listen to my music. <laughs> that's what she did. Well, that's um, what she did, but that that was many years ago. So true. There were a bunch of remixes for this uh, song. So so yeah. the, the record company did commission some remixes. And, yeah. And they're fine. All of them are, are kind of run-of-the-mill. M- yeah, I think like the Ralph Rosario mix, which is the one that um, gets the most attention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, builds really clearly on the song it doesn't take the song it warms it up it brings some more piano into it yeah or i love that the beat is a little is much stronger yeah. you know I like the beat in this song anyway I think I like the drivingness of it before but yeah that's the one I always think it's very maybe it's because his name is Ralph Rosario I always think this is a very flowery remix like oh I love yes I totally see that you know it's sweet yeah um, brings out the sweetness of the song yeah I mean, the one I love the most, and I I know I sound like a broken record, is the blow-up mix. Dancing in a sweaty, stinky club well, to love Profusion, the blow-up mix. <laughs> well, <laughs> when we were just listening to it, you got up and started to dance, and I was like, oh, my God. I know exactly <laughs> who you would have been at the club. Who um, would I have been, Well, Kenny? you were just like... Um, when you're like, this is my jam, you know, like, like this is the song you've been listening to all week and hoping they would play at the club <laughs> and you're just going, and at I, it with, I was too afraid to ask the DJ to, to, to play it, but here it is. Here and it like, is. it's your full expression. I kick the go-go boy off the box. I'm and, like, I'm taking over. Yeah, kids. And also you really like connected with like the fury and the 
the the deepness of the yeah, track. Like yeah. you just had this thing. I was like, oh yeah, you look like a little slutty boy. <laughs> I was looking for trouble, and you're just gonna show everybody who you are with this song. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, you, I would I would see you across the way and be like, good for her. <laughs> Oh, I'm staying over here though. You're staying over here. <laughs> that's that's the theme song of my life, Kenny Finkel. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I you know, I I danced to this. I I danced to a lot of blow up in Chicago at Berlin and um I remember one night What's Berlin? Berlin is this stanky club um under the railroad tracks on Belmont Avenue um under the the red and brown lines. Okay. And so every 8 minutes it would vibrate because the subway would go above it. And it was um it was a really cool underground club that I went to a lot when I lived in Chicago. And one night I was um, dancing and there was this brunette. I probably did something like this. It was a lot more electro clash and like scissor sisters and things like that were happening. And I was wearing my red corduroy pants that I mentioned <laughs> earlier this oh, season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am dying. Do you have any pictures of yourself in these red corduroy pants? Um, I'm looking for some. <laughs> for, I'm looking for some. I, I do. I do have one. Okay. Um, in a, with a silver shirt that I wore. <laughs> oh my God. And what kind of shoes? Um, brown boots. <laughs> brown boots, red corduroy, corduroy pants. pants from J. Crew. Oh. And, um, and and a gray shirt. I'm sorry, can we just circle around J. Crew again? Yeah, sure. Because you know, I think at this time. J. Crew was like, it was either you go to J. Crew, Banana Republic, or The Gap. Now, The yeah. Gap was sort of like, mm, I'm past The Gap. Well, I worked at J. Crew. You did? Yes. I was a retail boy at <gasps> J. Crew on the Magnificent Mile in downtown Chicago. And so I got. At a, this time? At this time. So oh. I got a 45% discount. Oh. So those pants were like 30 bucks. Oh, my God. So I was like. I'm wearing these red corduroy pants. Okay, so you were wearing that. You wore those, and I was dancing with this very cute, very rhythmic brunette. And I wasn't really into brunettes at that time. I was very into blondes, and um, uh, he was just gorgeous. He had blue eyes, and um, at one point, and we were getting we were getting hot and heavy, and then at one point, a a, a finger tapped on my shoulder. <laughs> say something else <laughs> a finger tapped on my shoulder <laughs> and i turned and uh this voice said um excuse me uh can i have my drummer back we need to go and it was rufus wainwright <gasps> who had just done a show around the block at the vic which was around the block from berlin and they had come here to dance before they had to like get on the bus and go to the next city oh and um I was not happy. And so I chased the bus down the street. What do you mean you chased it? I was a little intoxicated. And so I was like, I don't want to go. I kind of gracefully left. And and the the drummer, um, uh, he he licked my ear as he was leaving. And that kind of spurred me on. And then I started running after the bus. What was your, what did you hope the outcome would be by running after the bus? Like that they would stop and the door would like, it would like, and I would get on the bus or like he would get off the bus. And then you'd be like, 
um, eventually be like, Rufus, um, I think we should write some songs. <laughs> I think we should write some songs together. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't wow. know what the, but, but luckily a snowbank met my, um, my fault. Like I fell into a snowbank and that kind of uh. shocked me out of my desperation to stop the bus. <laughs> well, you know it was what? It a magical time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rufus Wainwright. Yeah. Do Problematic. You, do, you, do you like him? Um, I do. I do. And I love his songs. I mean, I think Poses is a great record. Oh, my God. Cigarettes and Chocolate Milk. Great. Such great. a beautiful. Great Gardens. Great on Gardens. That album. Oh, Poses, yeah. the song is beautiful. And, yeah. Um, the, the album after that, too, is really great. Yeah. Um, and then Want. Want and one and one two, brilliant, so brilliant. gorgeous. Yeah. But um, and I remember that show, that Vic show. That yeah. I was at that show, and um, he sang this song that I love, and it's called Eleven Eleven. Woke up this morning, yeah, Eleven Eleven. And I remember I was getting ready to leave New York or to go back to New York, and I had a lot of ambivalence about moving back and whether it was the right thing or not it was winter in chicago which is always very mm. bummery and he has that line in that song um everything really only happens in manhattan mm. and i was with my friend bill who you know was getting ready to say goodbye to me and he kind of hit me like oh my god that and i started to cry because i was like oh i hope i'm doing i know i'm doing the right thing and i'm taking a big risk but i have to do this i hope it's i hope it's going to pay off and I'm wow. not going to get crushed by New York City. Years later, 20 years later, baby. Um, I love that. Yeah. Well, so, you know, so no matter Wainwright, what nasty yeah. things Rufus Wainwright says, Madonna says about him and all well, that nonsense. He says that she's been very rude to him yeah. on multiple occasions, including one time where they were at a small gathering, like of less than 10 people, and they were together for hours, and she ignored him the entire time. Well, okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I have a few things to say. He's Canadian, so everybody is rude. Ooh. Second of all, I don't know why people talk smack about Madonna in interviews because they should know that that's what the reviewer or the interview, that's what they're going to lead with. Yeah. After all this time. Well, I mean, it's not like he was like, oh, he never like retracted, redacted that or said, no. like, or tried to, you know what I mean? Like, he's very needy. Oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> like I can't imagine. I can't either. And and I I, I respect him tremendously as a songwriter. Genius. I mean, I, I think his last record was really beautiful, the one that just came oh, out I a couple years ago. Um, but no, I I mm, no 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 no. no. <laughs> well, um, hey, I just want to. So we'll, we'll we'll let's let's leave Rufus Wainwright world. Yeah, there, there was on. Um, Remix and revisited. She uh, there also is a remix of this song. Yeah, that is fine. It's a more rock and roll. Yeah, um, as all the remixes on that, except for the nobody knows me remix, are fine. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, I don't know. Like, 
I think she it's never a, did it live. She never did it live. She's I don't never, think she's going to do it on the Greatest Hits tour, but maybe she will. Well, it's not a hit. But That's the other thing. It was. It was a number one hit on the dance floor. On yeah, the dance but everything's the number one hit on the dance floor, Kenny. That's, you know, whoop de doo On the dance floor. <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> well, maybe maybe she has a surprise in store for us. There are two, 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 two. Oh. That's the only time where the song, like, does anything mere way-ish. Well, there's that chanting, too. Oh, yeah. The I yeah, th- which I think is him. I think that's very tribal. I like that part of it. Yeah, there's a lot of pretty stuff in the song. There's also like a, um, like a little other, you know, synthy sound in it that's kind of cool too. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of textures to it, and I think, yeah, I think that's what makes it. And I just love that it's a song that continues to drive the record forward. Yes, it's definitely moving it, us. It into keeps us a propul- It's propulsing. Yes. Till next time. 